right, all right, all right, all right. Day 219. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we pick right back up in chapter 41 of the book of Ezekiel. Now, remember, last time I was telling you guys about how uh, 40 to 48 is one large vision, right? Ezekiel is seeing this vision of this restored temple and 41 is going to give us more of the same. Now, it's interesting because he said in 40, the Lord's hand was on me. And so the Lord's hand is on Ezekiel and he's showing him this vision. Now, remember the prophets in scripture, they were literally called Navi, which is prophet, but they were also called uh, Roe. They were called seers, right? People who see, they saw visions. And so in 41, it's interesting that the Lord is showing him this vision. And I love it because he's continuing with the details and details and details and ad nauseum, right? Like, it's like, yo, fam, I get it. The temple will be restored. But look what he says in verse three. He says, um, he, talking about the Lord, went inside the next room and measured the jams at the entrance. They were three and a half feet wide. The entrance was 10 and a half feet wide. And the width of the entrance side walls on each side was 12 and one fourth feet. Check this. Verse four, he then measured the length of the room adjacent to the great hall, 35 feet and the width, 35 feet. And he said to me, this is the most holy place. Remember how I said before that um, much of what we see in these chapters uh, resemble the tabernacle, right? So the tabernacle was like this mobile uh, tent like structure that the people of God carried with them. And Yahweh's presence was thought to dwell in the tabernacle. Then after that, they built the temple, right? And they built the temple with Solomon, first Kings uh, six through eight, those early chapters of first Kings. And uh, you, you have, um, the, the the same kind of resonances with the temple in first Kings and this new temple here. Now, the interesting thing, the reason I read verse three and verse four is because he said the Yahweh went into the most holy place. Notice he didn't say I went into the most holy place. Why is that important? Because the most holy place was the place where God was specifically uh, thought to dwell. And so even in his vision, fam, he is being true one to the law, right? The Torah, the first five books of the Bible, but also to the earlier visions of the temple. And so he is being very sophisticated about how he talks about this structure. And another thing he he is cool, he's good on in uh, 41 specifically, uh, he's going to talk about the furnishings uh, and, and functions uh, for some of the, uh, or he, he won't talk about much of the, the, the furnishings and the functions as the earlier uh, temple scenes described in First Kings and in uh, Exodus. Why? Because his whole point is that he is saying, no, 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 God wants to restore this temple because he wants to mark off sacred space. He is not just trying to talk about buildings, right? It ain't just about a building. It's about God actually dwelling with people. Another thing that's interesting here is the cherubim, right? The cherubim in chapter 41 uh, mentions uh, with, with these angelic like structures that we saw at the beginning of the book. And they were also present in the Garden of Eden. And they were also uh, in the temple in the tabernacle as well. Another uh, indicator that the people of God with the new temple would be in the presence of God. And I love 42 
because 42 gives us more details, but it talks about the priesthood, right? So remember, God established Levi, the tribe of Levi, for the priest to descend from them. And so the Lord picks it back up here, fam. He's like, no, 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 the priesthood will be restored. So in other words, the temple is not the only thing that's restored, but the priesthood has to be restored as well. Without a temple, the priest can't do their proper work and so ezekiel here remember he's a prophet priest remember uh, ezekiel one he's a prophet priest so he is very clear about what all of this should look like in line with the first five books of the bible and when 43 comes the text has been building up to this major climax and it mentions uh it, it says this he led me to the gate the one that faces east and i saw the glory of god the god of israel coming from the east his voice sounded like the roar of a huge torrent and the earth shone with his glory the glory of the lord entered the temple by way of the gate that faced east then the spirit lifted me up and brought me to the inner court and the glory of the lord filled the temple so in other words god's glory comes back to dwell with humanity right in this temple now remember earlier in the book chapter 11 we saw ezekiel had a vision of god's glory leaving 10 and 11 god's glory left the temple right in other words, to show them that God had turned his face against his people. And so here, no, no, he's just saying, the Lord is just saying, no, no, my face will now be turned back towards you when I restore you after the exile, right? Um, 40 to 42 was about God, you know, uh, discussing what the sacred space would be like and look like. Here in 43, he's coming to fill that sacred space. There's so much here, and I can go into so much, but one of the things that's interesting is that, um, you know, Israel goes into exile 586. Uh, they come back 536, 516. 20 years later, they rebuilt uh, the temple and the temple is rebuilt. And after they rebuilt the temple, they uh, look up, look around and the glory of God does not come down. So this this vision was not fulfilled here. Right. It wasn't fulfilled after they come down to Ezra and Nehemiah. Right. Go read the book of Ezra. We'll get there actually in Windows and Mirrors. But um, the glory of God doesn't come down. But later in the Bible, you keep turning pages and you turn to John chapter one and you know, what we have Jesus comes on the scene. Right. And the scripture says, no, no, no. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory. We observed the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. You go to John chapter two and you know what he says? He says, no, no, no. Like Jesus says, no, no, I am the temple. You destroy this temple. I will raise it up in three days the true destruction and reconstruction of the temple is actually in the body of jesus where the glory of god fully mostly climac climactically dwells for the people of god and do you know why listen do you know why christ died and resurrected there's so many things we could say right but one of the reasons christ died and resurrected was so that we could have fellowship with god so that we could be with God, so that we could be his people, and that he could be our God. J.I. Packer says it like this. He says that communion between God and man is the end to which both creation, hear this, and redemption are the means, it is the goal to which both theology and preaching must ever point. It is the essence of true religion. It is indeed the definition of Christianity. Listen, fam. No, no. Like it's uh, everything that 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 happens that God does in wor His work of redeeming us is a means to the end of us dwelling with Him 
forever. The history, fam, is about God opening a way, right, for humanity to be with him. Remember, like I said last time, this is plan A. Ain't no plan B. Ezekiel 44, last chapter of this bunch. Um, and he is, again, continuing with the restoration of Israel in the vision. And he talks about the renewed and restored temple. Um, but he's clear is that because God is God, he wants and deserves to be worshipped, right? And he is going to bring up in this text the past to indicate for the people of God the proper way to go about things in the future, right? So he says this. This is what the Lord God says. I've had enough of all of your detestable practices, house of Israel. When you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in both heart and flesh, to occupy my sanctuary, you defiled my temple while you offered my food, the fat and the blood. You broke my covenant by all your detestable practices. God brings up that before the first temple was destroyed, the priests were not on their job. They was letting foreigners into the temple, right? Those that didn't worship Yahweh, those who were uncircumcised in both flesh and heart into holy and sacred space. They had defiled God's sacred space. And the priest's job, listen, was to guard the sanctuary, to see to it that God could be properly worshiped. The beautiful thing about this text is that the Lord Jesus, when he comes, he fulfills everything, fam. He's not only the true temple. He's not only where the glory of God dwells. He is our ultimate and true high priest who goes into the presence of God to make atonement for us so that we could come into the presence of God and be with God forever our lives should be in dutiful service and worship to this jesus who accomplishes uh, what he accomplishes god's ultimate redemptive plan for us once and for all let's pray god we ask for your grace today to live in light of the vision <laughs> the vision you've laid out in scripture for humanity i pray god that we will remember the things that Jesus has accomplished, and that would lead us to be in more awe of him and to love him more and to worship him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. God, we know that we can't do this in our own strength. I pray that by your spirit today, we would lean on you to do in us what we can't do by ourselves. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.